You know, many people may not think who've traditionally been working in senior living for years, when we think about rehabilitation and therapies in senior living, maybe technology is not the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, with you heading up so much of the education for your organization, why is this so important to you all and why should this be so important and exciting for the senior living industry? Welcome to season six of Bridge the Gap, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Inquire, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Refera, Service Master, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. The contributors are brought to you by Peak Senior Living and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap, the Senior Living Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm so excited to have guests with me today, Chris Brickler, MindVR CEO, and a new partnership they have forged with Select Rehabilitation, Dr. Kathleen Weisberg, the National Director of Education. Thank you all for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for well, having us. I first want to start off, and many of our audience are very familiar with both of your companies, but many don't know that you all have formed a partnership over the past year, and there's so many exciting things going on between your companies and what you're doing for the senior living industry. Chris, can you tell our audience a little bit more about the why behind the partnership and what is happening? Uh, yeah, Josh, you know, it's been a really great uh, 2022. Uh, at the beginning of 2022, we did partner with Select um, after learning about sort of their progressive vision into therapy and especially technology and how technology is going to impact uh, therapy over, over the course of the future. Um, we, we went into a partnership in early 2022, trialed this out on a number of customers, uh, got our teams together uh, to try to figure out really how we move the needle in the space using virtual reality as a new, very, um, very powerful and fun tool and, and a new approach uh, to therapy that could only help uh, in therapy sessions is what our theory was. Uh, and I think we did pretty well uh, with our piloting last year in the early part of 2022. And then we uh, basically strengthened our partnership going into the back half of 22 and then going into this year uh, to where we're now uh, actually co-developing uh, some very exciting uh, developments in VR, specifically around uh, activities of daily living. Um, and, and Kathleen will talk much more about those types of areas of over uh, overlap, but it's a, it's a really exciting uh, place that the two companies are finding ourselves in here. Well, that is super exciting. And Dr. Kathleen, you know, many people may not think who've traditionally been working in senior living for years, when we think about rehabilitation and therapies in senior living, maybe technology is not the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, with you heading up so much of the education for your organization, why is this so important to you all and why should this be so important and exciting for the senior living industry? That's a great question, and I think technology needs to be at the forefront. I mean, if we look at what where therapy is going, technology has this opportunity really to change the landscape of what we are doing in our clinics, what we are doing with our patients, with our residents. And, you know, I'll echo what, what Chris said, we're working right now, you know, we as a company have queried 
you know, our clinicians are the folks that we serve. What do you need? What are you looking for? And there are these opportunities utilizing virtual reality to immerse that senior in a situation, in an environment that maybe they couldn't be in before. So we're able to simulate things that they've never been able to simulate. Uh, Maybe they can't get out and go grocery shopping, but they can do that in a virtual reality world. Using technology as an adjunct, and it is absolutely a skilled component that we're delivering, and using that as an adjunct to traditional therapy, our patients are engaged. They're excited. They're having a ton of fun utilizing it. So I think to ignore technology is is certainly not the way to go. It is definitely the future of, of what we're doing in therapy. Well, and that is so exciting. And I think, you know, where our industry is and as the population that we are beginning to serve, there's almost going to be an expectation of technology at the fingertips. One of the things I would like to talk with you all a little bit about is, you know, if you look at the senior living industry, it's vast. There's a lot of different service and product types, a lot of different communities. If you look at the, the urban all the way out to the rural communities. And so often we talk about how we can improve quality to, to more people and, and have access. Um, Can you tell me how your, not only your partnership together, maybe be addressing some of those needs, but also kind of what's happening even uh, from an industry perspective, maybe even legislatively, some initiatives that are happening to make this better and make the industry better. Yeah, Josh, I could take a quick stab at that. Um, You know, we're at a really interesting point of inflection, I think, as it relates to VR and healthcare. Uh, We started this company, MindVR, in 2016 uh, with the idea that VR and senior senior healthcare could use a boost of uh, um, energy around music and uh, memory. So we we thought, wow, immersive technology with recognizable melodies and music uh, would would be a wonderful way to, um, you know, provide relief in, in dementia state, for instance. Uh, what what we have found over the six years now is that there are far, far more use cases for VR therapy uh, 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 over and above music uh, therapy. So uh, it's a vast, a vast area where we can see VR helping across this continuum of care in senior living. But also when we think about VR, we think about that emotional um, that uh, cognitive and that physical well-being as a blend. Uh, and that's really what MindVR stands for, is to try to recognize that this older life is very important and still has a lot to learn, still has a lot to engage with and fun. So we try to lift these seniors out of their four walls in these communities uh, into what we call the fifth quadrant, where we can connect them and their consciousness with art, with music, with uh, with uh, animals, with pets, um, things that relax. And now you start to take that portfolio and you start to, and, then, and that's kind of a, of a nice to have to some extent, that type of content, it's it really works well with seniors. But now in 2022 and, and beyond, we're seeing uh, MindVR move from kind of a nice to have to a really a need to have in the flow of therapy. Um, and and that's and so we're listening very loud to what Kathleen is saying here about hey here's where the technology could make a difference. Um, 
places that MindVR would not have thought about. So one example I like to talk about is uh, we developed this butterfly catching game. We take a senior, we put them in a very relaxing meadow. Uh, digital butterflies are flying around, they're colored. You, there's a challenge in how fast and, and how you catch them. Well, Kathleen had the bright idea. Well, why don't we, uh, you know, move these butterflies up, uh, up down certain PNF um, uh, patterns to help with shoulder rehab? Well, we wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> Kathleen brought that to our attention, and our teams were able to construct that and uh, and put that into the field. So now, select therapists can use this technology. Wow! So that's that's really exciting. So let's um, something you said, um, and I think the way you phrased it, Chris, was. VR is becoming something that was a kind of nice to have if you, if 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 it's it's one of those wish list things to more of hey I need to have this. So as community leaders out there are beginning to think oh my gosh I feel like I'm I'm just getting caught up from post pandemic we're getting our head above water. Wow that sounds great. Um I probably do need to have this, but another program, what am I going to have to do? How am I going to have to manage that? Do I have the team to do that? Tell, tell the listener, tell us how, what's the first step in this and how, uh, what does it look like to roll out a program and where do you even start and where is a good place to start? Is it in the activities and life enrichment program? Is it more on the clinical side? Is it a little bit of both? Where do you start with this program? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, I think it really is, uh, uh, VR is really um, defining itself in specific areas in senior care where I think a, a massive amount of disruption will happen. So we can't think of VR just as an activity enhancer. Uh, we can't think of it just as a new tool for therapists. We can't think of it just as a, a training apparatus for the staff uh, or a wellness uh, program for the staff. Uh, often our operator staff uh, caregivers are, are often burnt out in long days. We think VR can help them a lot as well. So when you start to look at the overall ROI uh, that VR can make in an operation um, and that these operators can achieve, it, it's pretty, it gets pretty fascinating when you start adding these other things. And then you asked a question a minute ago about legislation. So MindVR, we're driving a lot of the uh, legislation that as it relates to VR being accepted at the federal level. So there's an actual bipartisan act of Congress that we're supporting called the uh, excuse me, Access to Prescription Digital Therapeutics. Uh, Act and it's uh, gaining a lot of steam. Both uh, sides of the aisle have shown support. It's it's in the Senate committee now, and we're just really excited about this. A because the federal government is is really waking up to the power of, of VR therapy. When we start thinking about the future state of VR, and we think about these headsets and having these uh, immersive glasses, essentially in every healthcare setting imaginable that a senior can touch, uh, the 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 amount of digital therapeutics that can be driven down the network to these headsets is really fascinating uh, in terms of how fast that can grow. Uh, our job is to make the interface very simple, easy to use, one button. So when Kathleen's therapists mm -hmm. are out in the field, it's one button, turn it on, and they're into the application that is part of that person's care plan. And, and when we see that going from end to end, uh, Josh, uh, in terms of uh, how a community is actually implementing this into the fabric of, of the operations, that's when it gets very exciting to me. And just having seen this in our communities and implementing this in our communities, I, I wanna echo what Chris is saying. If we're looking at this in silos, 
that's not the way to look at it. There is applicability of virtual reality across every aspect of senior care, senior living. So, for example, I can use this in assisted living or independent living, working on home safety modules that are built into there, various things, as Chris was mentioning, the PNS patterns, things for balance, things for, you know, safety and to reduce falls. I can take it to my dementia unit where I have, you know, this visual, and then I can pair that with some sort of scent. So I have this multi-sensory type of engagement. I can bring it to my nursing staff and do training on those same types of things. I can bring it to activities, pair a few headsets together, and we do a travel log for people who used to love to travel. I can bring it into therapy. There's so much applicability to this. And you answer, you ask the question, you know, how do you get it started? How do you get it set up? I will tell you what's worked for us the best, and this is so simple, but put on a headset. Put on a headset, turn it on, look at the programs, and then just think, wow, what could I do with this? And the opportunities are endless, and people get so excited. I mean, Chris mentioned the butterfly game. There's dogs. There's hiking. I mean, you name it. There's all sorts of stuff built into there, and they do. They get really excited and think, oh, so-and-so could use this. So-and-so could use that, and and it just morphs. From, from there to find that applicability. So it's not as challenging as one might think. It, it really is, you know, brimming with excitement. Now, also, one of the things, and, you know, I'm, this probably shows my ignorance on where technology has far advanced even to my understanding and being able to keep up with how fast technology is changing and advancing. But I have often thought as the virtual reality as being kind of, single person and individual experience but my understanding is now that this can be more of a a multi-person group experience endeavor is that correct well yeah so a lot of uh, some of the hype in in the vr space is certainly about multi-user uh 360 3d worlds where people can go and interact um you know largely being driven by meta uh for teenagers uh as a playground uh, to socialize um, when it comes to seniors, you know, we have to think about a couple of things. Um, number one, older adults, uh, they adopted everything from FM radio to color TV to uh, personal computers to the Internet to social media to smartphones. Uh, the one thing they didn't um, adopt along the way were Atari uh, video games that, that our generation might have uh, <laughs> played a lot of. <laughs> uh, so, so this whole idea of video game graphics and, and CGI and things like that, we have to be very, very um, uh, thoughtful, let's put it that way, about how we implement technologies along those lines. Is the power of virtual reality, the gaming engine, uh, allowing us to connect grandma or grandpa in uh, the private uh, metaverse that we're creating for that community uh, with an outside uh, family member that's 2,000 miles away, the answer is absolutely yes. This is where it gets really exciting. And when you think about social isolation, which is one of the things we try to combat with this technology, uh, and yeah. you think about connecting uh, uh, you know, younger family members who, who are pretty up on VR in general because it's kind of swept our culture, but now there's a way they can participate with, with their elders in in uh in vr i mean this is this is an exceptional way to inspire i think the whole generation of um intergenerational uh communication essentially yeah. you have much more to talk about when when that granddaughter can go on, yeah. on, on virtually to the grand canyon with with her grandfather 
that's infinitely more material in the first 10 seconds to talk about than, than generally what gets talked about in some of these um, demotivating uh, family uh, visitation times. Well, and Chris, you are so right in that. If there was a silver lining to the pandemic, this may have been it because we saw when families came together and did that, we weren't sitting there saying, oh, what did you have for lunch? And how did you sleep last night? And then the conversation just stagnates. We got together and those individuals who were utilizing this platform, these types of platforms, we didn't see that social isolation, that depression, that um, all of those, those severe effects that we saw with the pandemic, they were still able to connect and that social connection was so important. Mm -hmm. Chris, you mentioned earlier um, your team and your partnership. Uh, one of your big focuses, and you're putting a lot of energy and effort into legislative actions and bills. Is the goal there primarily to uh, help affordability access? Um, what What is really the initiative there that you're really trying to help with? Well, yeah, there are a couple of different things. I would say access is probably uh, most important. Uh, when you look at, uh, we uh, were just recently approved um, as the uh, first um, co uh, supplemental covered benefit uh, by a Medicare Advantage plan. It's pretty groundbreaking when you think about uh, those, those things because VR has now moved in six years from uh, an idea for senior care to now being attached to a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, where it is a covered benefit by AgeWell of New York. Um, for, first of many, obviously, uh, in this area. But the, the great thing is that, again, uh, based on our advocacy efforts um, at the federal level, we're, we're starting to see a thawing of, um, of acceptance as VR is a tool that we think can scale very fast and easy. So when we think about software as this sort of future state of a digital pill, um, and we're prescribing these digital treatments, um, right? They ride down over the mind VR network and they're administered by the care staff, therapists, the nurses, all the folks that are involved in this, in this senior's life um, can be administered by um, those folks. So, it, you know, it, it really turns the, the, the paradigm upside down in terms of, scaling um, uh, treatments uh, with software. And I think that's really a big um, uh, you know, opportunity for the senior living industry to grab onto because when you just look at the sheer population shift and what's happening and what's gonna strain our resources, not just in communities, but at home as well, you know, I think VR is gonna be a heck of a tool to help with that. Wow, so VR, uh, as we've kind of summarized, has gone from uh, a nice to have to a need to have. And I know our listeners ears are perking up and, you know, uh, my, my co-host and co-founder Lucas is not with us today, but I know, uh, he can remember and our producer Sarah about six years ago, which I think that's kind of one of the date benchmarks that you pointed to here today, six years ago, I can remember us traveling to a thrive to the thrive center in Louisville, yeah. Kentucky and putting on for the first time these ginormous uh, headset goggles right, and, right. and them telling us, hey, VR is the future. And yeah. us kind yeah. of just, actually, I got dizzy putting the first one on. I had to sit down. And, <laughs> and we didn't really know at that time, well, how could this apply to senior living? We were just kind of guessing. And it's gone from the, the future to the now. 
And right. through y'all's partnership, making that happen, uh, I know our listeners who aren't already on board with looking and evaluating how VR is going to shape their communities, they will be after today. Thank you all for joining us so much. Thank you all for partnering with Bridge the Gap to help bring content and innovation to the senior living industry and to our listeners, uh, wherever they may be listening to this podcast. So can't thank you all enough for that. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, we are going to link all of your information so that our listeners can direct connect after listening to this podcast. It'll be in our show notes, connect with us. And as you see this episode and all the posts go out online, I hope all of our listeners will engage with Chris and Kathleen and their thought leadership. I hope everyone has enjoyed another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.